It's time to go into auto reverse with Tony and Matt, where we look at bands that were underappreciated, misunderstood, forgotten, and to some unknown. This week we're going auto reverse on Deep Cut Steely Dan. So Tony, we're trying something a little bit new here, and it's it's basically very self-indulgent as sometimes <laughs> we can be. But we were so, I, sometimes. Well, let's yeah, maybe <laughs> all the time, <laughs> all the time. That's you're probably right. But you yeah. you sent me so how this started was so you sent me a, uh, a clip of King of the World by Steely Dan, and we were. And I was like, oh, nice, a deep cut. And you said, like, they have so many deep cuts. And then the clouds parted, the sun came in, and we are like, you know, <laughs> we should do something about Steely Dan. Now, we know, well, I feel that Steely Dan is somewhat polarizing to people. But I think the reason they are polarizing is people are, it's probably because of their AOR uh, songs that get played over and over and over. And... They're much more than those songs. They're much more. They're big. They're, they're a bigger band. They're a much richer and deeper band than those songs. Would you agree? I agree, but there's nothing wrong with those songs either. And no. I'll just tell, give you an anecdote. I, I grew up just like you. I grew up here. You know, especially like Asia, like that album and yeah. Peg and all those songs. I grew up listening to that. It was on the radio. I loved it. But I guess when I was um, working at Big Beat Records, and I befriended this guy Stretch Armstrong, who was a big, big time uh, hip hop DJ, on the radio on KCRW, not, not KCRW, KCR Columbia, and then also just a regular, just like club DJ. So I, I would go to his his things, and he would play, you know, all the classics from the time, um, nice and smooth, Tripod Quest, everything. And what song would he end every set with at like two in the morning? Was steely dance peg and that and then other and i noticed that other djs were doing something similar at that time in 92 yeah 91 92 and it made me think like you know they're like it's like a crate it's it's like a crate it's not that it's a crate diggers dream because crate diggers are usually looking for less obvious stuff but it was such a like groove infectious right and it's just such a thing that even someone who wasn't playing stuff like that aor stuff would have to acknowledge that that song was the shit and that and that's it was at that point that i realized i always loved steely dan but at that point i was realized there be like what you just said it goes beyond it and the deep cuts really tell the story of of that band that they 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 made they made hits they you know but yeah, yeah. it was it was the al it was really the albums and the 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 you know the material that made up the albums that wasn't on the radio that that define define who they are especially to like hardcore fans like us yeah and I, I'm like and, and and I I mean I don't even know if Peg is even that. Big, like it's not, I don't think it's bigger than like Ricky don't lose that number reeling in the years. You know? No, 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 it, it wasn't. It was a, it was, it was a less of a hit than some of their other hits. But 
Yeah, I, I use that song. I use that song as just a as a sort of like like a marker that that it just shows shows you how. And and, and, and even as a kid, when I heard that song on the radio, when I was I think it came out when I was ten. I, it could, I think I was ten. Um, Peg and Hey Nineteen. It it yeah, showed it right. like that that song as well. It showed me. Like it, I was like, okay, so I'm into I, I love pop music. I love what's on the radio. I love AOR. I love classic rock. But there was something kind of special about them. I think it was the 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 writing, the, the the sort of like sarcastic and biting lyrics, and then the sort of jazzy, like the the jazzy line that crossed through all of their music. I, it just I, I knew there was always even as a young kid, I knew there was something sophisticated about them. Yeah, I mean. I got my first album of theirs was my cousin got me uh, Asia, which, mm-hmm. and I forget I, I forget what which was it for a birthday I think it was like it was eight or ninth birthday or something like that, and I I didn't know anything about them but I thought there was a cool cover, but the thing that stuck with me and why I kept that tape almost until it I couldn't be played anymore that album there's a cohesion in that album. Mm-hmm, where there's mm-hmm. really not one song that stands out. I mean, you could talk about Black Cow and Peg, but you know, Home at Last and Josie, like, fuck mm-hmm. me, like fuck me, man. Like those are some. I got the I got the news. I got the, the deepest news. Of deepest, uh, the deepest of deep cuts. Yeah, and you know, and it's you know those. I mean it. Oh, okay, because I you know we can get we can get start getting geeky about this because it's like they. <laughs> The thing that I let's do it. The thing that I like about them is that, and it's so fucking unconventional, is like they started as this band, and then they basically blew up the band and went to studio musicians, which actually, you know, I like not saying that like Skunk Baxter Baxter wasn't not good, but like they talk about making a ballsy move, and like they had something that was working, right? Mm-hmm. And then they said, you know what, let's try to do something else with this by bringing in all of these studio musicians and becoming essentially, because I think for a long time they never even toured. They, they became... No, same. they didn't They didn't, They didn't. didn't really tour again. And, uh, well, so they didn't never toured on any of those albums, but then they only toured in like the aughts, like yeah. when they were doing this thing like where they would they would play all of Asia, you know, where they would like play or they would play all of countdown to ecstasy. Like they, then you would, they'd always, I always noticed they would be playing at the beacon. They would do a run of like 10 shows at the beacon theater and that, but that was of cashing in some somewhat cashing in for on their part at at that point. But you're right. It was a studio band. It was a studio band and they were using killer players like Chuck Rainey, uh, Bernard uh, Purdy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they were using uh, Larry Carlton who, who like basically? Yeah, uh, Lee Rittenauer. To me, too. that guy, that, that Lee Rittenauer, and all these, and and it's just like you know, it, and I know that like for a lot of rock, a lot of like music fans, like to hear that stuff, it, it's like cringy to them. Not not to me at all. There's nothing cringy about it. But like, it, there's something like it's like progressive, like you know, like prog rock. It has an infl- like a bloated inflated kind of uh value or lack of value to and and i that's where that's where like when i saw when i heard peg repurpose and then reframe within the context of hip-hop 
that kind of that's where I realized just how much the band was worth and their music and the way that you know they like you said they started out as a rock band where um, uh, Donald Fagan begrudgingly did some vocals he but he always had in mind to have someone else sing and then he right. decided to sing himself and then so that that sort of w the the sort of wave of the of, of confidence came over them and they real and they realized just how good the project was not necessarily it was more it was more of like the writing and the project and less of this is a band these are the guys it was it was more fluid than that and and conceptual you know and and that's why that's why i see the value in the band and also and especially in what we're talking about their deep their deep material well also it's like you know we talked about alan parsons project which was a studio band mm -hmm. like there's a big to me there's a big difference between the application of Alan Parsons and uh, what Steely Dan did. It, they're similar because <clears throat> they basically said there's two there's two people at the core, and then they brought other people, other musicians to be around them. Uh, you know, Alan Parsons <clears throat> they they toured a little, you know, a little bit more, but not a lot more. Yeah. But yeah. I I think there was more of a, and I could be sliding Alan Parsons a little bit, but. They seem to have a, a, a bigger vision of what they wanted, or a clearer vision, maybe not clear, but bigger vision of the music of what they were putting together, um, which maybe I'm s s putting that against because they just wrote better songs. Or uh, uh, I would say their, their universe is has more songs that I really think are great. Whether they're the deep cuts or not, there's just there's so much stuff to kind of just hang your hat on. Who are these strangers who pass through the door? Who cover your action and go you one more? If you're feeling lucky, you best not refuse. And it's also the relation of these deep cuts to the strength of their albums. So right. another another. That's right. I guess I was that getting, That's a good me, way. Of, that's a good way of putting it. Like strength, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. strength of the albums. I was. That's right. So, and speaking of that, the way the, another way that we got to this, so way that I really wanted to do something like this was last year kind of at the beginning of the pandemic i was listening a lot to um the royal scam mm -hmm. and 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 it really hit me so so i have like this like kind of bootleggy cop portuguese copy of the lp i have no idea how i got it but i had i must have paid a dollar a dollar for it somewhere and that album is so funky and so soulful and so and like every song and every single fucking song is great right and and it's and it's and it's not even and it, and, it, and that and it and in some ways what's what why i chose to 
to you know to focus on that album last year it's also because there's a famous sample on that album there's uh, green earrings that uh, organized confusion used back at the same time when i heard peg at the end of stretch's set this band organized confusion had a song where they sampled green earrings and i and i was like what the or did they just sample steely dan and it, and so <laughs> so you see what i'm saying it, it it's that they, they were the past they're the future they're they're conceptual but they're but they're but it's like songwriting based but then it's also collaborative and it's it's the two guys who have this massive vision and it worked and the fact that we're talking about that there's enough to talk about their b b and c material which in my book isn't even being c no, it might no. even be a and b it might be a and b but the fact that we're even willing to go there with these guys just shows you the strength because this is a revered band and in some ways i was hesitant to to do an episode about them because it's you know we talk about this all the time it's like oh too revered too revered. we're always cross, cross, crossing people off the list right because we're like oh it's too revered we shouldn't talk about this it's already done it's been done a million times and but with them i knew there was something special when i heard them on the radio when i saw them reframed in the sort of hip-hop movement and even just going back and doing and doing deeper dives like i just bought a copy of one that that's the reason why i sent you uh king of the world this is i bought a copy of countdown to ecstasy recently a nice clean copy and if it, it just felt fresh right to 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 to, de to go in there Fr and fresh and it, it does it sound a little dated maybe a tiny bit you know a tiny bit but not really not really i mean modest mouse would love to pull off some shit like this but they can't <laughs> no but they well, can't yeah and that's the thing it's like there's that you said that strength of songwriting and strength of you know you know vision the, the vision yeah the royal scam in asia yeah. especially are two albums that i mean they don't have a they, you they have different songs but all the songs are are, are strong like the both those yeah. albums and, and i mean I, like i don't think i would say more the earlier stuff has some hit or misses more than like they they started to develop their um how could maybe finickiness like because like yeah that's a they, good that's a good way of putting because, it yeah because yeah. like they had these they had like rick derringer all these big guitar larry carlton as you said and stuff and they mm -hmm. like for peg they did they went through six guitarists because they weren't getting the solo that they wanted yeah, yeah. I, mean, I love and, it. And I love that kind of insanity. I love it. It it's is like, and there's a video on YouTube that they 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 isolate the tracks and they show some of the other solos, and they're like, we just couldn't get someone who could, you know, nail um, that solo the way we thought it was. And then the guy, you know, came in to do it, this Jay Graydon, um, which I think there's a video of him showing how it's played because it's a really very cool, unique. It's not over freely but it works with what he uh the way his approach because it was much less conventional because i think he he played anyhow i don't want to get into that but uh it you know that kind of like we're willing to get that guitar give you know go through not one two or three guitars but five guitars to get the solo not even the right like rhythm or riff or anything um, and then to have powerhouses, um, you know, as your drummers, you know, you know, Jeff Picaro and 
Mm -hmm. You said Bernal Purdy and Steve Mar uh, uh, Rick Murata. Um, Steve, I think Steve Gat, Steve Gat, and, and Jim Gordon, on a, on and, Jim yeah. Go and Jim Gordon, you know, yeah, the ki the ki killer, the schizo killer, Jim Gordon, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, Derek and Domino's it, guy. Yeah, it's a, it's incredible the commitment to what they were doing and the fact, and I, and I almost feel like the. It, them not touring was not really a, a product of them being lazy or anything like that or it was more about like we only care about how if, how good this record is we don't give a shit about that stuff well i think you that, know the sort of secondary market after you know secondary sale aftermarket like you know sh uh, shuck and jive they weren't into that and that's good for them well and, and that's the thing like we're you know philosophically or physiologically also is like where you want to spend your energy on the road because that saps a lot of people. Oh, and some people oh. and some people feed off the road as a means of being able to generate new material now they basically mm -hmm. they what i'm assuming they just said you know what we'd rather stay put and just work on new stuff yeah and that made yeah. and it, the proofs in the pudding they 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 created they're, they didn't have a lot of lag off on any of their records. They're all they're all extremely listable, and I think that's where the back to that original point. Like we think of the, there's a deeper level of this band that we think everything everyone should explore a little bit. And the playlist which you created kind of showcases these, you know, these songs that you don't these deep cuts because they have because they have so many deep cuts. And it's and it's it's almost you marvel at it. It's you know it's not you know I a lazy example like you know maybe Led Zeppelin is an, and there's a couple other bands I feel like have a lot of good mm -hmm. like deep cuts deep cuts. But there's not a lot mm -hmm. of like a lot of bands stop and start and stop with their hit song and maybe the B side mm -hmm. one of their B sides. But you know they're all their albums no. That's 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 fairly that's really rare. Like shit, man. I, I, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say I started to when I was doing the playlist. I started to have trouble uh, pulling deep cuts out of like I think it was at Gaucho was where I was like, there's only maybe two here yeah. um, or one. But um, so it it did end eventually. So by the beginning of uh, I don't know the early '80s, it was. That was it for them, and um, and I, I'm not saying they didn't have any creative juices left because they made some records in the aughts yeah. that were just reissued on vinyl recently on Atlantic, which are um, which are have good music on. I even pulled some songs for the for the playlist from that. Yeah, I just think nature, like yeah, yeah. So I I just think that uh, you know they, what they did in the time that they did it, um, and especially with the sort of like the the sort of external pressures to tour you know um they the fact that they did that is just it's, it's very unique and and good for them for standing their ground i mean are they are they probably pains in the asses probably you know but who what art what what good artist isn't well the, you know there's a thing you know i was reading this book and i won't go into it too deeply but it's, it's they talk about two different kind of conflicts there's relationship conflict and there's task conflict and what it seemed like Steely Dan had more of a task conflict, which is really good. Yeah. 
because that's something yeah. that where you're really trying to make something better and you're really fighting for the the best ideas to come out and you're okay to get you're not really you're not getting angry you may get hot and heated but that's really trying to push where the you're, you're not servicing your ego you're servicing the song so i think that in and that comes that's another thing that comes clear like having so many different studio musicians you know shows me that it's like well you know this guy can't do it you know rick derringer can't do it so let's try to bring larry carlton in or let's try to bring someone mm -hmm. else in because they'll they'll make this song better and it's not about we need to get these guys to do that you know and like they it's everything's in the service of the song yeah that's how they that's how they operated i love it and and the lyrics were funny and and uh, you know, uh, it just it, and f like just they're like sort of in sort of personal, but maybe but maybe detached a little bit and a lot about like college and, you know, and, and or, or like or sort of stories about like someone that killed their dad. Like just like it's just like and that and that and that and that and that's funny because the song, the music was so beautiful and 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 good feeling but then sometimes a lot of time a lot of times the lyrics were just fucked you know it was and and i appreciate that appreciated that about them and also i just realized recently the new david crosby record mm -hmm. has a donald fagan written song on it called rodriguez and me or something like that mm -hmm. it's great song great song great and crosby sounds awesome on it and 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 uh, and i guess i i listened to some excerpt of um of of Crosby being interviewed by Stern from recently from a uh, mm -hmm. rec very recent interview and he loves Steely Dan. He thinks Asia and um and Katie Lade uh, is Asia Lade. or Asia, oh no no Asia and Royal Scam he thinks are like two of the greatest albums ever from any artist. Mm -hmm. This is Crosby saying this. So, you know, uh, there's more to there's more to this than than I think sometimes people the casual maybe um listener might yeah you know give a credit for right so well i mean and you know the thing that another thing i, I have like in my notes about it is like they kind of play with like and i think you touched on earlier is like they play with a lot of styles like there's they kind of they can be funky they could be jazzy they could be rocky mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. they could be poppy but it all kind of melds into their sound it doesn't seem like they're doing something they're not they never seem to be doing anything overtly you know what i mean it's not overtly funky it's not overtly jazz no that's what's great about them and there's a there's a bit of a laid-backness to them as well that's really and that's another thing that's alluring to me because it's it's not punk rock it's not you know it's 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 more laid back and um so, sort of self-effacing it as mm -hmm. well in terms of especially the lyrics when you start to look juxtapose the lyrics into the music it's like it's 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 wonderful and and the deep cuts only g gives it m even more texture than it already had and right I, and i and i just couldn't stop like i said it started when i listened to the royal scam last uh uh last year uh, and like, because I needed something like that to help me through what was happening to the right. world, and um, and I went back and listened to an old copy, and it was then that I thought to myself, because we were already full into auto reverse, we had done like four or five episodes, and I was like, I think we should do something on these guys, but I'm not really sure how to frame it, and and it wasn't until I bought the copy of uh, 
Countdown to Ecstasy that I sent you a, a message saying, "Yeah, these two songs are just off the hook. Come yeah. on, man." Yeah. And then and then you and then you then you were like, "Yes, deep, deep Steely Dan, let's do it." Yeah, Steely Deep. Steely Deep. So what do you, you know? The thing, what do you think of them as like a LA or New York band? Like, do you, I mean, because it's like they seem to have like a like kind of not intelligence, but like kind of a New York City like bohemianness to it. But it's also got that kind of laid back studio vibe of you know studio musician vibe of you know like of Los Angeles or something. You know, I I I. I I think they're both those things, Matt. Yeah. To, 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 they're both they're they're East Coast guys who uh, made it to a point where they can afford that other lifestyle, the West Coast lifestyle, and they, then they incorporated that in what they were doing, and that um, and that's and that and it's all there, it's all there. The the sort of like sharp edged East Coast thing that then gets mellowed out by this sort of laid back. Right. You know, songs, uh, sort of like arrangements and lush, you know, lush production and 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 that sort of thing. And and it's it's great. You know, I I, I mean, people bash on them. I know, you know, nobody wants to hear how great Asia is uh, as an album. I understand. But, you know, not everything has to be so cool. I you know, I I can understand if people are sick of hearing certain bits bunch of, of their songs i don't know how you could dismiss them given all that you know their their volume of work how you could dismiss everything about them out of hand like i can understand like i hate these kind of songs because they're played all the time or i hate mm-hmm. you know this but but they're so they're so rich their their catalog is so rich um and it's not it's not like arrogant. It's like it's a really kind of genuine. Like, granted, it's very, it's very precise. Like even the sound, it's very like. I mean, they've pr- produced some of the best albums of all time from an engineering and just you know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Uh, I I read that that song off Donald Fagan's uh, the Nightfly was it I G Y mm-hmm. is what is probably one of the most. In, on live shows, this uh, they use that to set the the, stu- the the house sound against that to test. Oh, that. I'm not surprised. God damn, I'm not surprised. Yeah, no, that doesn't shock me. It doesn't at all. shock um, me. Eddie's just like yeah. how the the depth of the the vocals were like. That's how they set the the the, level, the sounds in a, in, a, in, a, in a venue. But anyhow, you know they there's a there's a exactness but it doesn't feel like it's without heart you know that's what i i feel like there's a lot of soul and a lot of a lot of soul and heart and emotion in their stuff even though it's not someone letting loose i it's it's contained you know it's just it, it's you know i think sometimes people think they were born with wearing a motorcycle jacket and hair slicked back and tattoos everybody thinks they're f- so cool and and that so it's just easy to be like oh i i can't deal with steely dan that's like my father or uncle's music but i i don't play that game i could i, I you know i could just as easily listen to reagan youth as i could to to steely dan none of those things mean shit to me um and so and that's why i'm just like i'm just cutting through the bullshit and saying like these guys were amazing their their material that's not known is is as good if not better than the material that is and that's that's just a mark of an incredible band and an incredible duo um uh, two 
two guys who who knew what they were doing. I agree. And it just that you know when you come to New York, New York City, I just got to remind myself not to bring out my leather jacket. No, don't don't bust out your motorcycle jacket. First of all, I doubt it's I doubt it still fits you. I doubt it still fits you, but but don't don't don't. Yeah, you know, but you know the tattoos will be flying. I, I can't stop the, I can't I can't stop those from not come, coming out, especially if it's a warm day. All right, all right. Uh, so yeah, I mean, this is you know. So I think the big message here from us is like really dive into our playlist because that's going to really show you. And a lot of you, like I, there was a lot of songs that I hadn't heard in a long time or did not know. Like I either glossed over them or there was other songs that I liked more uh, that I think your playlist kind of captures uh, really well. Especially like the newer stuff too, like the stuff with yeah. the, uh, the you know the, from the stuff from Gaucho on. Uh, even though mm -hmm. I was pretty acquainted with Nightfly. Um, mm -hmm. um, but anyhow, yeah, let us know what you think about this. Let us know if you want us to do other, like, deep cut on bands. I don't think there's a lot of them out there. Uh, nah, but, this uh, is a good one. This is a good one. It'll be maybe a while before we do another one. But yeah. if you have an idea, don't be shy. Let us know at autoreversepod at gmail.com or hit us up on Facebook. Uh, Instagram and let us know because uh, yeah, we'll, I mean this is this was really fun jumping into this. So it definitely was. All right, All right peace. All right, till next time.